I'm Adam Robert Lewis and you're listening to Brewing Actors Podcast. My chance to talk to actors to hear their stories, what inspired their performances and what decisions or relationships influenced their work. On today's episode... Work your absolute ass off um, and just have that hunger and have that drive throughout. If it wavers, and it may waver, um, have a word with yourself and just check in with yourself from time to time. And if it's, and like ask yourself, is this what I want to be doing? Because I think I only, I, I think you should only pursue this career in particular and this industry in particular if you have the passion and drive to do so. Um, and um, yes, some things can fall into place for certain people and some people get it easier than others. Some people get it harder than others. But I think there should be a passion for it because a lack of can be seen from a mile away. My guest today is actor and singer Rodney Vubia. Originally from Uganda, Rodney's path to the stage is one I can really relate to. Rodney initially started a degree in classics at Leeds University. While studying, he immersed himself in the stage and musical society, and from there he caught the bug. Rodney took a huge gamble and decided to pursue musical theatre at Mountview Academy of Theatre Arts. Since graduating, his hard work and determination has landed him some incredible productions. From Book of Mormon, Tina the Musical, Evita, and most recently Street Scene with Opera North. Rodney talks openly about his experiences and how he's worked on his acting and work principles to further his career. So, like any story, we have to start at the very beginning. So I was born in Mulago in Uganda um, in 1990. And um, at the time, my dad was a professional footballer for the Uganda national team. And my mum worked in hospitality. And then the three I was born and then the three of us came over to London a year and a half later, I think. And um, my dad retired from football and started um, further education here and then eventually went into social work um, and for, uh, for, uh, for the NHS and for caring. And um, my mum went into work with other uh, with charities. And, and so, yeah, kind of forged different paths when we were over, over here. So what was your early childhood like? Did they take you to see theatre? Was theatre part of the, the household? Not really, not really. Um, I kind of experienced theatre through either school trips right or through kind of um, summer school situations. But as a family, um, it wasn't kind of on the agenda to kind of go to the theatre. It's become kind of since uh, I joined the industry um, years ago that, you know, they've been more going to the theatre and outgoing in that respect. But as a, as a child in my early childhood, it really wasn't like a family factor. What was the first thing you ever saw? Can you remember? I think... I think certainly the first thing I saw on the West End was The Lion King. Right. Um, and hugely, hugely inspired by that from a very young age. I think what was the first thing I saw? I think it might have been a regional pantomime 
um, uh, and like a touring production, but I, can't, I couldn't tell you what, but I think it was a pantomime of some sort. Was seeing The Lion King in the West End when you were very, very young, did that give you maybe the aspirations to become an actor? Becoming an actor wasn't on the agenda for a long time. Right. Um, I, I always had a performing quality within me. I've sung since I could remember. Um, and I've always enjoyed a flair and for, a flair for the theatrics, um, I, I'll say. But um, becoming an actor and taking on as a profession was very much on the back burner for the longest time. And I didn't really hone into that really into my until my like early 20s um but i remember seeing the lion king and wanting to just perform in some aspect of my life as a hobby or at school so i would just then go to talent shows and like force my peers and my class to listen to me sing every single friday a cappella because <laughs> that was my stage essentially but um i never ever saw it as a career um or a career prospect it wasn't really encouraged for me necessarily right so what was the when you were going through primary and secondary school what was the ambition in terms of a career did you what did you want to be i didn't know what i wanted to be i i wanted to be so many different jobs i primary and secondary education i was really really book uh book smart and um academics were like kind of drummed in me from a very young age so i worked really really hard and i was kind of a jack of all trades um with sciences maths and um, languages and linguistics so i wanted to be a doctor at one point i wanted to be um a solicitor i then settled on wanting to be a, a barrister um and uh did a classics degree at university as my undergrad with the intention of converting to the bar afterwards doing a conversion course but then i got to university and found performing and musical theater and that didn't happen so so yeah although it's funny i i did jury service uh, at the beginning of lockdown hideous and i and i mean it's an extension of acting lawyers or all, all i mean it's like a it's like a scene from a play and i was like it's performance yeah i mean and the better i mean the better the performance the more convincing or, or the harder it is for the jury i guess to decide <laughs> either way so i guess maybe that is an extension and, and so you found performing when you got to university what was it like a drama club but in the university it was so i went to university of leeds and uh the theater scene there is incredible right. um some of the best in the country and I got involved with uh, the Stage Musical Society, or abbreviated SMS. And I joined in my second semester of my first year and have not looked back since. I, my first show I did with them was Crazy For You. And I remember it like it was yesterday. And then that kind of sparked this hunger and drive to perform on a stage in that capacity, because up until then, I'd sung, I'd sung in choirs all my life, I'd sung in concerts, I'd done, you know, sung with big bands and this, that and the other, but I'd, ne I'd never put the singing, dancing, acting element together, really ever. Um, and so I started dancing for the first time and I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I just enjoyed this, this like familial, and kind of like real company feel. And so I did five shows um, in my, three years at university and they were the best. So yeah, it was awesome. So finishing the university degree, once you finished and obviously you did five productions and it sort of cemented your love for performing arts, I guess, did you know straight away that you were going to go away and go to drama school? 
I kind of made that decision towards the end of my third right. year. Um, I was like, right, let me finish this degree. I got a great degree out of it. Mum's happy. Got the graduation photo. Right with blonde hair, albeit that's a point of contention. You've got the backup had, plan. You've right, got the backup right. I've plan. got my contingency plan if, if and ever I need it. And then it came to approaching the summer of 2013 when I graduated. And I was like, right, I've got two options. I either go down the route that I was originally going to go, or I pursue this goddamn thing. And I took the decision to take a second gap year, um, having taken the first one before my undergraduate. And and worked like a dog to save up for drama school for the um, postgraduate um, courses that I then subsequently auditioned for in that year. And um, it was it was a tough year because suddenly I had to kind of raise all this money um, and then also applying for, for loans and grants and career development loans, which I finally paid off last Ooh, month. And I am free. absolutely chuffed <laughs> yeah. Free, free, free at last. Um, but... But yeah, I then took that decision to like really um, apply myself and kind of go go hard with these auditions, mm. and unfortunately, it worked out. So yeah. I think when you said you've just paid off your career development development loan, I think what's a great achievement is the fact that you've repaid them working in the industry that you've trained for. I think that's that's exactly. a real cool um, to feel yeah. like you've really achieved and longevity i guess to be able to over the last four or five years work consistently pretty much and and to pay back what took you through the training so that that gap year of auditioning did you have a a drama school in mind i was i wasn't really clued up on the drama school kind of scene or circuit so i kind of did my research and also spoke to friends who'd been through a similar process um and only really applied to three um, and kind of fo- focused my attention on, on those three. I could have broadened my um, horizons and I could have gone and done more extensive auditions. Um, but I kind of just focused on those three. Um, what were the three? Enough to, it was AMTA, the American Musical Theatre Academy, LSMT, London School of Musical Theatre, and then Mount View. And Mount View was my last audition um, in terms of, where it fell in the packing order of the three. Um, and I was fortunate enough to get all, into all three and kind of made that decision for Mount View and kind of didn't look back, I guess. So why did you choose Mount View over the other two? Um, its reputation preceded itself. Right. I knew a couple of people who'd gone there um, on undergrad and postgrad. And I, I was kind of just fascinated. I, it was the best audition process of the three as well and i really connected with jackie somerville um on a great greater level certainly than i did with any of the other heads of heads of departments yeah and the audition the audition process for mount view is what a dance audition uh an acting monologue and and a song what was it i think so all in one day all in one day. I think that's what it was. I think actually in that order, I think we danced first and then, and then it was singing and then it was acting. Yeah. Right. Are you, when you do auditions for drama school, are you sort of thinking while you're doing the audition? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm of a certain level here. I mean, this is, yeah, I'm, I'm, I might be in with a chance because certainly when I arrived, I couldn't dance. So I was bumping into people in the, in the dance audition. 
as you've probably, you know, experienced in the year we spent together. But I, I literally thought this, this is crazy. I mean, I'm never getting in. I'm never getting in <laughs> because I thought I look like a plumber. I look like I've come to fix the toilets, not to join drama school. So did you feel like, actually, this is, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously. Right. Um, it's, it's weird. I, I think auditioning just in general is such a strange and kind of out-of-body experience in itself. But I remember with the drama school situation, particularly with Mount Fusel, I was always confident with my singing ability. Right. That you couldn't waver. Right. And, or you can shake that confidence with me. Um, and when it came to the acting, I knew I had like a natural ability and I knew I had good natural instincts. So I was kind of right, okay, just go with the flow and, 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 you know, you've prepared this Shakespeare and you've prepared this, this other thing. So like, you know, just do what you, what you feel for you can do the best. It's the dancing where I was just like, okay, this is out of my comfort zone as well. Because again, I've not, I'm not a trained dancer. I have a natural ability and I enjoy dancing, but when it comes to like picking up choreography, I'm just, it's just not, my best friend in the slightest and so it just takes me a bit longer than other people so i i did feel out of my depth because within those auditions you have people of mixed abilities but they're kind of like kind of banded together even though they kind of have a higher or 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 or, um like more moderate category or tier you're still with people who've probably done since they're like four years old so seeing that and kind of tapping into those insecurities and that kind of anxiety was a tough thing to get over and it's still a tough thing for me to get over five years into this industry. Um, but it's, it's all, it's all experience and character building. Yeah. I, I think it's that word triple threat, which when I started auditioning for drama school, or certainly when I went to drama school, that word was just banded about all the time. Everywhere, I've, everywhere. Since I've never heard it actually, since I've worked in the industry, right. I've never quite heard the word triple threat. And I always used to feel right. quite in, I thought triple threat. I thought, and, and I get it. And, and I mean, I, you see people in the industry and you go, yeah, well, of course you're a triple threat. But mm. I mean, sometimes there are various abilities and, and different things, but I just, when I was auditioning, I just heard that phrase so much that that put so mm. much pressure on me. Cause I thought mm. I have to be equal in, in each ability. And I think since, Offering some advice to people who are going to drama school, I always remind people they aren't looking for the finished product. Because if you were the finished product, why would you need to go to drama school? Exactly that. And I think exactly that, that, you know, had I maybe if I had realized that sooner, I probably would have been more confident. But um, so you do the audition for Mount View. Um, I guess there's a recall at some stage. Yeah. I think there was, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you eventually get the phone call or the email to say you've you've secured a place. Right. And then yes. had you secured the funds pretty much before you no. no, no. It was it was touch and go till literally the week before we started in that September. Um and I am forever indebted to my mum and my dad for bearing with me for taking that chance in me and investing in me to that, to that degree. Um, and you know, like stop story, whatever, but like after all is said and done, I do this for myself and I do this for the passion of the career, but I also do it for them because they really, really went, um, to heaven and earth to make sure that I was there on the 1st of September, 2014. To do it. 
Yeah. So what was it like getting to Mountview for that first day? Because I, I remember it with a mi- mixed emotions. Right. It was, it was, a, it was a lot. It was because I remember because I, I, I was uh, living at home in East London during that year um, just because I could mm-hmm. and uh, to save, to save and, uh, money and funds. Um, so I came from Plaster, East London and had to track it to Wood Green for what, what time do we have to be like 8.30 yeah, to 9 o'clock? o'clock. Yeah. Um, so a very early start in my all blacks as we <laughs> yeah. all had to wear all year. Um, I remember feeling an excitement because I love first day of school with, with anything thing be it a new job or be it a new a new show whatever um but i remember turning up and feeling my age even though i was like 23 uh we were you know we were a bit older than a lot of the peers running around you know as undergrads and who were there or had been there for a year or two this that and the other but um i remember looking around to our group and i think we were quite fortunate um i, I, I I couldn't speak for your experience necessarily, but I think our group as a musical theatre postgrad contingency, we had a good mix of people. Um, And, and I remember like looking around and I was like, this is a diverse group and this is a, this is a varied group. And I felt very intrigued. Um, So I was, I was kind of, I think intrigue is, is, is the word that kind of sums up my first day and week. I think that was probably Jackie Somerville's gift to a certain extent, because I was very surprised when I turned up and looked at the, you know, our class, I did think, my God, you, there was nobody alike, really, to be honest. Everybody no. was very no, 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 no. individual and, and unique. And, I, and, and that's something I hadn't maybe seen in the undergraduates or in certain other, there was, a, there, there was a, a lot more of them, I guess. But it was, I did think that year was was very interesting and and you didn't feel ever that you were in competition with anybody which was a great so, yeah 100% no I completely agree and I think I had um an advantage in myself because I actually was coming on the same year with two very good friends right. that I knew from Leeds mm-hmm. and from performing together um Laura Johnson Ollie McCauley and also on the MD course was Katie Richardson who I'd worked with extensively as well so I think I kind of like, okay, I'm cool. I've got people here. But that didn't, again, stop me from, again, the intrigue of everyone else because I was just fascinated looking around the room. And as I said, looking around and like, like, there's no one here who looks like me. There is no one who looks really like each other. So I was like, let's see what this year brings. Definitely. And I thought there was a very varied um, list of shows that we did, internal shows, which were fantastic. I mean, you did Into the Woods, we did Witches, Merrily, um, Guys and Dolls. I mean, there were so guys many. And you did guys, guys and Dolls, dolls yeah. yeah. So there were so many, there were some great experiences. So what was it like sort of getting halfway through? Because you, I mean, you've only got 12 months. That I mean, that's insane to think. It felt a lot longer, but now 12 months goes by so quickly. So quickly. Did you, did you go through drama school with a, an idea of what you wanted to do when you graduated did you did you were you there to facilitate a goal or were you just going no I'm here to harness my skills and and be the best in all disciplines as I can be um I think more of the latter um I think I definitely took the opportunity to first of all focus on my dancing and get some sort of technique and ability and and uh 
get that focus that I didn't have before because I know that being thrown into the the real the real world in inverted inverted commas um I just be completely on my own so that was my first and foremost priority um I also wanted to, I just wanted to be a sponge and just take every bit of information in particularly with the acting lessons um because we had a couple of uh, great people come in yeah. externally mm-hmm. um and really focus on those skills and that kind of training was what i was really looking forward to doing most because i'd not done anything like it up until then i didn't do drama um in any of my primary or secondary education i didn't do it at university um so i was fascinated by that and um yeah i think i just i kind of took it as kind of a job that year i was like right I want to tick off these boxes and just be as ready as I can. Because as I said just before, you're just completely on your own. And I didn't really appreciate that so much really until we were completely on our own. Um, and, and right, just, there you go out to the wolves, but, um, but yeah, dancing first and definitely just a sponge with all the acting stuff that we got um, from people. I think I began with the uh, intentions of improving my dancing, but I think I quickly realised that, you know, it was, it was a sinking ship. (laughs) Oh no. It really, it really was. I mean, I've done a little bit of dancing in Phantom and I mean, I enjoy it. But I mean, some of the stuff I remember, remember the swing module. Remember that? Don't you dare. I, cause I, but up until that, I didn't know what swing yeah. was. I, I was like, why are they, why are they banding around this word swing? Are they swingers? <laughs> are there keys to be involved? What is going on? I remember Aaron Francis took it for us, didn't he? Um, and like, uh, again, for the, still for the longest time, I still didn't know what a swing was. I just remember that we were told to like, learn all these dances and then learn other dances and then all in this one day and I was just like what is going on and I put somebody else we had to put names into a hat remember and I thought there's no way I'm putting my name in this hat so I put somebody else's name in twice (laughs) and uh, got out of doing it because I thought there is no and then when the the first job I got was a swing I thought That is hellish, but um, yeah. but yeah. So the obviously we we did twelve months. Uh, you do internal shows. You have individual voice lessons, rep sessions, and then eventually you come to the sort of the business uh, or the very short period of the business of show business, and that's the mm-hmm. um, the end, the final show, and the showcase. Mm-hmm. what was your what was that whole process like for you with the showcase because I felt it was like a cat I mean it it was like a cattle market for me and I I've, I, I that was the that's when you read I suppose that's when you get to the point where you go right everybody is you know hoping to land an agent and everything and it can be great a lot of pressure to sort of leave drama school with all the essential tools you need agent you know maybe leave with the show or leave with the part or all sorts of things. So how did you, how did you navigate through that period? I guess I'll just be candid here. Um, this, that was, I think you've touched on it yourself as well. It was a castle farm. I personally hated the showcase experience. Um, I remember if, um, if you recall as well, 
that first couple of days of showcase week where we were in that JM building, all of us, all 29 of yeah. us, like in a circle mm. and with um, our director, Susie Cat- Catliff at the time. And we were all figuring out how we were going to decide songs. Do you remember that whole week process? Deciding songs, putting songs on pieces of paper and like making a collage on the floor of all these songs. And then it came to the process of deciding the trios and the duets because no one was going to have a solo because there were so many of us for to fit in one hour and then the group numbers and I remember because I, I think up until then we kind of lowered ourselves under a full sense of curiosity for the first nine months of that year again having got on Aussie got on as a year as we did on the whole and 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 the experiences that we'd had up until then but this kind of it kind of there was a shift there was a shift and it was very much every man for himself and right and, and rightly so but it it got uh it got tricky yeah. it feels as if you are on the sort of the end of the marathon sprint and you're all trying to get to the finish line in, in kind of you know and it is a it is a very weird setup and now sometimes when i think back on what i was like during that period in terms of i think i was so n- nervous but not only that i had sort of <laughs> blinked myself to being like i know what i want to do when i graduate and that's a bit, you know I, so i was trying to just sort of show that aspect le- legit and but i i mean it was it was very tough cuz i know we've all got to be good at selling ourselves and it is a business but i mean there's something i don't know there's something quite tangy about doing that um, and it, it's a bit it, felt, it felt a bit dirty. Yeah, bit it, dirty. Yeah, it felt a bit dirty. Um, and it felt, yeah, because again, you've just hit the nail on the head. I know we're kind of supposed to sell ourselves and not sell our brand and, you know, put ourselves out to the world and our best selves out to the world. But I, it, it wasn't really in my natural ballpark to do that. Um, so I just, I felt a bit icky, but had to like have a word with myself and say, well, if you want to stand out, you just you just kind of have to yeah. play by the game, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't a game that I particularly liked. Mm. So we 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 obviously did the showcase, and then you do your final show, which I thought was a far that was a, I mean, a great experience because you do feel as if you are that is the job essentially. You get cast, you go to a rehearsal, you do the show, and and once you hand it over, what will be will be, and it gives you a sort of second chance to sort of reaffirm what you, you know, how good you are or if you haven't picked up an agent and so on. So did you pick up an agent from Showcase? Uh, yes, I was, I was very fortunate um, with, with um, agent interest. And I, because there was some time between Showcase and starting our show or starting rehearsal for our show or certainly, certainly the um, show dates for our final show where we were kind of like, right, agents, if they've got back to you, you go and sell yourself. You go to these interviews, you go to these meetings all around us, around London, um, and kind of left to, our, left to our own devices. And so between um, Showcase and um, our final show, um, I met with quite a lot of people and different experiences and kind of like making a checklist and kind of making a, um, 
a hierarchy system with the people that I'd met and this and the other. So, um, but then by this time, um, our final show week happened with Violet um, for myself and you. And you. Um, it was, I kind of whittled it down to like a, a, a good five or so um, and invited them to come and see me in that because I hadn't made, I hadn't made up my mind by that point. Because mm-hmm. I didn't get, yeah. I didn't get any agent interest at all from Showcase. Zero. No, I didn't know that. Uh, Nothing. So that day when we finished, I, I yeah, and you walk into the bar and it's oh, oh God. I, I'll never forget that. And I and it's come up a lot in these podcasts. But I think you walk into that room and you go, okay, hey, hey, world, here I am. And and lit for um, for me, I literally nobody nobody approached me. And I thought, okay, and. And I did think at that time, my that cemented my that's it. I'm going back to Wales, and I'm never going to work. And I, and one thing I've learned is sometimes you're just on a totally different journey to other people. Some people got 100%. agents very very quickly, um, and may not have worked. There's some people who it took a while to get an agent and haven't stopped working. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's a very you've just got to. I think. The only thing we know is that we don't know what's coming next. We have no idea. Exactly. So I think you've exactly. got to enjoy that journey. Um, but no, I didn't get any agent interest until I left drama school, until um, it was Cameron Jack who who got in touch with uh, Regan and said, look, I, um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think you should maybe sign him. And and oh, that's that's he's a, amazing. yeah. So I I owe a lot to him actually because he was. I don't think I would have been with my agent now had um, he not sort of pushed it. So I think sometimes you've just got to just calm that inner critic a little bit because it can it can run away. Of course, because you're just constantly comparing and and you say that you'll never forget. That. I will never forget walking into that Criterion Theatre yeah. bar. <laughs> again, cattle. Yeah, we were just there, lambs for the slaughter. And again the majority of us, if not all of us, had never experienced anything like that up until that point. Um, so yeah, you're right. It's just focusing on that inner journey and that, 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 that solo journey separate from everyone else. But it takes a while to get to that mindset. More from Rodney in a moment. Sit down, relax, and listen to Brewing Actors Podcast with a cup of Cold Town Coffee. Coal Town Coffee is roasted on-site at our HQ and Roastery in Ammonford, South Wales. Our coffee is sustainable and ethically sourced, and we believe the fairer the deal between producer and farmer, the higher the quality and taste of the coffee in your cup. Use the code BREWINGACTERS10 to receive 10% off your orders at coaltowncoffee.co.uk. You're listening to the Brewing Actors Podcast with me, Adam Robert Lewis. I continue my conversation with Rodney Vubia. So you do the final show. We did the final show together in Violet. We did. Which I thought was we a did. great, it was a great experience. It was a gift of a show. I'm, I owe a lot to that show. And it, that experience in that show will hold a very special place in my heart. Um, and I thought we had such a great group of people. Um, and Charlie Weston at the at the helm of it directing us. I thought she brought things out certainly oh, out of me that and me. I, I did not. Mm. And you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we all had our like breakthrough moments, didn't we? Um, uh, yeah, we all had our breakthrough moments at different points and in front of each other 
as well. Um, and there was no judgment. And I remember, I remember like being in tears, seeing other people have their breakthrough moments. And because the, the, the energy and the support and the love in that room was something that I've experienced since, but still not on that level. Um, and I was just hugely, hugely grateful for the entire process. And we, we got a fantastic show out of mm. it. So very, very I, I, I didn't sing very much in that show, really. But apart from a terrible, <laughs> apart from a really difficult song about playing cards, which was... Was, I can't even remember. <laughs> uh, two of cups, three of cups. It was just that. Like, I thought, how am I going to learn this? This is hellish. What's it called? Uh, it t- something of yeah, the draw, uh, luck of the draw. Uh, um, it oh, it did. Uh, uh, you've got your ace of clubs, your four of clubs, something. <gasps> oh, God bless you. And, and, and we chimed in as a, as a trio. Yeah, at some we had point. to play cards like, at the same time. Jane McMurtry had her work cut out with us. I think that was the longest number to devise, wasn't it? It was, and then there were then there were seats, and you guys were upstage of us, and we couldn't pay attention to you guys, and you guys were like, not you were you were a dream, and it was just like and oh these God. folding seats. I always remember. Don't worry. They they will be easy to fold. They were the hardest thing to fold in the world. They'll be they'll be easy to fold. They'll be easy to lift. They won't make any noise. They're gonna move seamlessly across yeah. the stage. They arrive. Yeah. Um, they were Charlie. We have a problem. <laughs> but I no. It was a great. I mean, it was a. It was such a great. Um, I'm trying. Do you know what the other funny thing is? Remember that big dance scene that we did? The beginning of the nightclub, the burst into the nightclub with all the ponies. Because steps. I wasn't in the show very much, really. I only dipped in and out, but, but uh, which was lovely for me. I loved it. I was sat in the dressing yeah, room while everyone yeah. else was doing the hard work in the dance scenes. But I had yeah. one job yeah. during that whole dance. They kept me from the dance scene, thank God. And um, <laughs> <laughs> Charlie said, I've got a job for you. I said, what is it? She said, could you, could you spray the smoke machine on stage at that point at the back? So I was literally oh, underneath yes. the stage with this spray machine. Yes, you Watching were. all you in awe dancing, thinking, got out of that one, got out of that one. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but yeah, so that was, a, that was a great experience. So you graduate... What was the initial months like after graduating for you? So I remember I kind of went in head first. It was, so we, we finished in August and uh, yeah, so by like mid-August, we were kind of just like, right, here you go world. And I remember because I was with Regan at the time and I, they just put me up for pretty much everything. And I remember a real so my first audition, I think, was beautiful in town. And that was kind of like a, um, I was like, wow, okay, so you, you're just going to go straight there, go and, go and do, go and do it. Um, and I remember that process was really, really great. I remember um, Jill Green being uh, really nurturing and really great. And we've maintained a, a great relationship since then. But um, I remember getting to the finals for that. And I was like, I still didn't really know the, 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 the extent of what these auditions and recalls really meant. I was literally just like, okay, I'm just going to wait for an email, wait for a call from my agent. Um, and if they tell me I, m- I move on, I just prepare the work that I need to do for that. Um, I remember getting to the finals. I remember feeling in myself really quite out of my depth for that one. And I was just like, I guess they want to see me for a reason. Um, and I remember doing that process kind of 
on its own. And um, I remember taking from that and I was like, right, okay, you've done it now. And then I remember September, October time, I was kind of thrown into various things kind of at the same time. So I remember auditioning for Mormon, uh, Dreamgirls was coming over, um, Motown was coming over. And uh, I remember auditioning for one other thing, but I was auditioning for these four things all at the same time. So I was just like, music and dots and just like my mind was it was kind of pushed to its limit and in in my 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 career since then my the five years I've been doing this that was the most difficult and trying and taxing time exciting because I love learning new things and fortunately I pick up music quite well and you know I, I was, it, it was just it was an amazing experience kind of like just putting all these like um strings to my bow um but it was tough it was tough. And again, dancing the entire time. Those first few, those first few months of dance calls were really, they were tough because I was just like, right, I, I've been dancing with peers um, in, in this year at Mount View. And, you know, you grew a relationship with these people and you, there was a comfort level and there was, a, there was, there was a, a support system in the room. And then comparing to these first dance calls in the real world, I was just like, okay, you're you're on your own kid. And I just remember just wanting to be at the back of the, the, of the, of the, of the room every single time, whenever they tell us to move forward or switch places, I did not budge. Um, and you know, then going for like one by one or groups of three, I just remember just feeling sick inside, but again, character building. Um, I, I do move. I do move now because I've been told that they do pick up on that. Um, and, you know, because um, choreographers or the, the creative team who are not necessarily taking the audition watch like beady eyes the entire time. And as, as my career has gone on, I've um, introduced that more into my, my makeup and my mindset. And I approaching, certainly approaching dance schools in particular, I'm like, right, it's an hour of your life you're going to be finished and you'll be able to just go and resume back to your normal life don't do not let it get to you as much um as as i do and it's gotten easier i have to say it has gotten easier i don't know about you i can't i won't speak for you but i i really enjoy auditions for me personally i enjoy um the aspect and prospect of meeting a team who have not seen me before and I just to show off in front of them and show off, show off what I can do. And particularly if I've worked incredibly hard leading up to that audition and with the material that they've sent me. And because I'm like, because I'm such a goody two shoes and like a teacher's pet, I kind of be like, I, I approach auditions be like, okay, show them what you've got. Um, and so that, that pressure's kind of taken away from me, not necessarily with dancing, but um, certainly with like singing and acting calls um, if they're the first call. So I, I, yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to land a job and, and kind of get stuck into a rehearsal process, be wherever it is in the country. So what was your first professional debut after leaving drama school? My first professional debut was a pantomime. I was Prince Charming in Snow White and the Seven Dwarves at Hoxton Hall. And um, that was, uh, it was a very lovely gig. It was four weeks, two weeks rehearsal, two weeks showtime. Um, I worked with some lovely people. There were six adults in total and uh, a, um, a barrage of lovely, lovely kids. Um, and uh, it was lovely working in Hoxton Hall. It's a lovely venue. Yeah, um, I've only been there once to see, funny enough, I think the following year I may have gone to see 
Neve was doing a panto there. Yes, it, it, it was exactly it was a, year. a year later. Yeah, and I got and it was a beautiful it was a space. It's like it's like an old music music hall type oh, venue. Gorgeous old music hall. Yeah, it's really smart. So you did that. Yeah. Did that it, open up doors for? Obviously, it's the first time your agent gets a commission. I guess. So right, there's right. money being exchanged now. So I does that does that alter the relationship with your agent does it fill you with more of a okay well i'm contributing now to this to this um business relationship um i guess so i guess so. i i i felt i felt proud that i was able to give mm-hmm. back in some respect um i was also looking at it through a different um lens because as i'd uh before before I even started the panto, I'd already booked Mormon as well to um, to start exactly a month straight after. So I knew that I was doing well by them, and I and I remember when they they came to see me in the panto, um, and my agent and his assistant, my then agent and his then assistant at the time, um, uh, they were. Just, it was it was just lovely for them to see me enjoying myself with this lovely group of people, and it was lovely for them to know what my next year was going to be and the excitement there. And by this point, we'd kind of already established a really good working relationship also because of the months of kind of like auditions and recalls and finals that I'd kind of been put under since, since leaving. Um, so, but it, it felt good for me to, to give back to mm. them. So you, you did the audition for Book of Mormon. So you booked Mormon and the Panto pretty much at the same time, I guess. Yes, yeah, in around October, November time, yeah. So what is it like booking your first West End gig? Had you, had you seen Mormon before? I guess you had. I saw it in November 2014 whilst we were training with um, my be- one of my best friends. We went to see it uh, in November and just I fell in love with it. I was just floored. It was incredible. So what did they offer you in the show? What did you do? So this is this is funny. It's a it's a um, it's a joke now that I have with one of the producers from Sonia Friedman's. Um, I, my original offer was swing, <laughs> <laughs> so, and um, at this point, I still didn't know what a bloody swing was after our silly module. Not silly. Thank you, Aaron Francis. But after our, our module <laughs> yeah. that we, we um, touched on <laughs> earlier on in this conversation, I still didn't know what a bloody swing was. So um, I, I we got the offer and we were like, oh, okay. Um, and I was still like, I mean, shocked and overwhelmed and so, so, so chuffed to, to have got it. And I remember we were crying down the phone to each other, my agent and myself. But um, for three or four weeks leading up to my first costume fitting, I was a swing. And then I turned up to my costume fitting and I remember Jan, uh, the head of the wardrobe um, and costume department for the, for the Mormon franchise over here in the UK. She was like, Roddy, are you, are you sure you're a swing? Because I've got you down as ensemble and a particular ensemble track. And I was like, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I went in to that costume fitting as a swing and came an out awesome. as an ensemble <laughs> member. And I remember calling my agent after and I was telling, I told him and he was like, well, let me just call Sonia's first. And then he called me back within 10 minutes. He was like, yep, there was a mix up and you fell through the cracks in some way or the other. You're ensemble and you're playing this part in particular. And I was like, thank you. God, because I just want one part to focus on and I do not want to do this swing business because I still don't know what a swing is. Um, so yeah, Ensemble is, was my final offer. Yeah, I think in those 
initial three weeks where I was Rodney going as a swing into the Book of Mormon, I was like, right, I've got, I'm going to have my work cut out for me. And my agent was like, it's going to be hard. I'm not going to lie. And, you know, that was kind of filling me with anxiety. Um, but having um, them enter the industry and, and, and going to Mormon and watching what those swings do, be it the Mormon swings or the female swings or the Ugandan swings, I am still to this day and will forever be in awe of swings and standbys and super swings and understudies because they are the crux and the heart of any company. Um, and uh, I said to myself, I want to swing at some point in my life. And I think everyone should as well swing at one point in your life because there's an appreciation that needs to be had for those people because again, you know, those shows won't run with, with, without them. Um, and fortunately, my next gig was a swing, so I got to do it sooner rather than later. So, um, but yeah, I, I was, but at that time, I was very grateful to be kind of be focusing on that one ensemble track and eventually my, my general cover. But, um, but yeah, yeah, hats off to them. How, how many years did you do at Book of Mormon? Two. I did two years. I did um, one ensemble track with my second cover general in my first year. And then I switched to a different ensemble track, a more featured ensemble track with, uh, in my second year with a first cover. Is general. it easy to audition when you're in a show and your one track is the process of auditioning for the same creatives, but to progress easier, or do you think it it's harder to do while you're in the company? It's, I think it's, again, it's quite a tricky process because you get these forms in, so Mormons January to January. So we got these forms in like July, August time, um, you know, they're asking to stay on forms or, you know, what your, what your uh, desires or wants for the future are. Um, and I remember I wanted to go, I wanted, to, I certainly wanted to stay on. Um, there was no doubt in my mind, I was having an absolute ball um, on, on my first year and I kind of wanted to extend it in some capacity. I went for, I was going for a different other track. I didn't get the other track, but then um, uh, the uh, resident director kind of pulled me into the, the, the cupboard, uh, which um, uh, the, the props room, which kind of turned into her like office and kind of auditioning room um, next to the company office. And she was like, so we're not going to see you for that part. We would like to see you for the Matumbo track. And I remember doing a very informal and impromptu read through with her during the show, actually, it was like a downtime. The Ugandans weren't doing anything at that time. I think it was sometime the first act. And she was like, Ronnie, do you want to read for me? Just say these lines. And, and I was like, then I said the lines. And I was like, right, okay, so you're going to be Matumba next year. And I'm, okay, cool, right. Um, so it was a very informal and very easy process for me necessarily. But um, the air in the building during that time is of a tense... Yeah. Um, tense tense uh effect because it gets awkward as well because some people are going for other people's tracks and some people are going for other people's covers and so and some people are not discussing most people aren't discussing it because you know it's you, you you're just negotiating with you your agent and, and the creative team um it it's it's a tricky tricky time um but fortunately in my time it was kind of a seamless transition for me um but i wouldn't say the same necessarily for for my peers. so what was your job after leaving mormon i went straight into i crossed over actually i was fortunate to do so um tina tina turned me school um and i was a swing on so that. you were a swing so were you at that point I you was, were up for being a swing were you thinking yeah, i want to experience I was, that 
I was raring to go, Adam. Uh, I was, yeah, I was really excited. And um, I joined the Tina process really quite late. And um, uh, I remember being gutted not to have been seen or in the process earlier on in the year. Um, and then I remember it was August of 2017. And um, the swing, the swing um, audition came through. And my process my audition my teen audition process was done over two days basically um and and i did my audition and then i was in for my recalls and essentially my finals the next day and then got the job five days later so it was a very quick process i didn't even have the opportunity to get excited by the prospect of it all um but uh there was a good three months between getting the job and starting the job and i was really really excited for that swing process i got to the job and um it wasn't the the experience that I necessarily was expecting. I covered I covered three tracks, for instance. Um, uh, two of the tracks were her sons. In, uh, I don't know how well you know. I, or, I never saw the show. I, I couldn't get to see it because I was working. Right. Yeah. Well, um, uh, two of the tracks I had uh, were her sons, Ronnie and Craig, and they were essentially the same track. Just one was an older <laughs> older brother than the other, and then the other was an ensemble member. Um, and uh, I was expecting to be like set through my paces and like, like super, super challenged. Um, and as incredible as, as an experience as it was, I will never take it away from it. Um, it wasn't the swing kind of like, like, yeah, it wasn't what I was expecting necessarily. Um, but as I said, I had a fantastic year there. So very, were you very an on stage swing or an off stage? Technically off stage, but, uh, in the show, um, the show begins with, uh, actually my my favorite five minutes of the show um a, a church scene and the nutbush tennessee community in the 40s um all the uh black members of the cast make up the church scene and we do this rousing rousing chorus of nutbush city limits and as i said it's my favorite five minutes of the show so when i wasn't on for a particular track uh the swings still went on to do that so got into my Nutbush outfit and my wig for every single show. And um, when I wasn't on, straight back to the dressing right. room. Do you think yeah. you'd like to do another swing track in another show, do you think? I would, again, show dependent. Um, I would love more tracks to cover. Um, I am not pulling out to the universe that I want to particularly dance heavy swing swing role um i would love to cover um many more still um and immobile characters but um but yeah i'd love to swing again i definitely would so you you leave tina and then i'm really yeah. keen to talk about opera north and the and the right. setup of of joining an opera company having worked in in more commercial musical theater projects how different are opera companies to commercial musical theater is it exactly the same is it is it a totally different approach both vocally and and maybe um stylistically i guess so i I was fascinated by the entire process. So, yes, I finished Tina in, when was that? March 2019. Evita in the summer. So I did then, um, uh, opera, I, I joined Opera North in November of last year. Um, and then 
I had been told so many wonderful things about Opera North as a company to work for um, and the productions that they put up and put on, the touring ones or, or regional or local. Um, so I was really excited to get my, my teeth sunk in. I remember hearing the chorus and the wall, the fifth, I think, how many of them? Like 50 strong? I think there are about 40, 50 people in the chorus um, who who do show after show with them, sometimes in rap. Um, and that was different for me, a different experience because um, it was the first time going to an action like established company um, who use the same people, show in, show out, year in, year out. Um, so the the family and like the the support system that I felt from the get-go was so overwhelming in the best way. And I remember first hearing that wall of sound, I call it the wall of sound, and just being bowled over and mesmerized by the caliber um, that, that was in this production. And I, I felt like a cheat because yes, I was in this opera street scene, which uh, Kurt Vile, which I was so, so grateful to be a part of. But um, my number, so I played Dick McGann um, alongside my scene partner, Michelle Andrews, is now very different. She played Mae Jones. And we come in, we swan in an hour and 20 minutes into the first act, just before the interval, do our scene, <laughs> do our song, Moonface Starry-Eyed, and do our seven-minute dance number. And that was it. So I kind of felt like a fraud in terms of like being part of the opera process because I wasn't technically doing much opera at all. We were the only musical theatre element right, within the right. show, but I still felt honoured to be a part of this juggernaut of a production. And it really was a mammoth, mammoth production. Oh my God, it was, it was so awesome. And, 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 and the creative team was so chilled and working with um, Jim Holmes, who has worked work for the year like he that the man and his career and the people he's worked with and the caliber of the productions that he's conducted I was just like I had to just take myself out of it and just take a step back and pinch myself because I was I found myself being a part of something very truly special um and it was something different to anything I'd done before and I was I'm just so grateful for that experience. And I hope to work for Opera North again in the future because that door has now been opened and I have built a great rapport with said company and it would, it would be an honour to, to, to be a part of one of their productions. Do again. you try and maintain relationships with previous productions that you've been in? Is it, is it a, uh, do you try to keep those, those, the relationship and the dialogue open? Uh, I don't necessarily try to do so. I just happen to have, done so actually um certainly with creatives at, at um at the book of mormon and and, and uh production with some freedom productions i've maintained a good relationship cast and directors that i will see time and time again um, and putting me up for the same shows and eventually being employed in some of those shows i've maintained good relationships with and it, it feel it feels good kind of going now five years and in, going into an audition room and seeing familiar faces and having that kind of rapport with people as opposed to the deer caught in headlights that I was five years ago, straight out of Mountview. Um, and certainly there's some creatives over the last couple of shows that I've done um, uh, with Avita certainly and, and certainly with Tina as well that I've maintained good working relationships with so that they, you know, I, I'm at the forefront of their mind for maybe something coming up or it kind of takes the pressure off for me when I know that so-and-so are going to be on the panel for 
this up and coming audition. Um, so I don't force those relationships. I kind of just, they've just been, I've been fortunate to kind of just like maintain mm. them, um, which mm. I'm grateful for. Has there been anything or one bit of advice from drama school or when you first began this journey into the profession that sustained you ongoing? The one bit of key advice that has always sustained you? Um, okay, one thing I always tell myself and anyone who, who will listen is just completely and utterly be yourself. Because, um, yes, you're being told to play a character or, yes, you're being told to prepare material for a certain role or whatever. But at the end of the day, that panel, it going into the audition room, want to see you as your true, authentic self. And be yourself as soon as you walk into the room. Um, because I found at the beginning, I think I wanted to present myself as a Rodney that would be appealing and palatable to them. But I, I go in now as my true, authentic self, bumbly, clumsy, you know, nervous, chitty chat, like, you know, all this, that and the other, because they, 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 they appeal to that and they, they, they connect with that. And um, yeah, just completely, utterly be yourself and just be unapologetically yourself as well. And one bit of key advice you would give to somebody looking to, I mean, these are really very weird times right now. And I'm, and I've tried to get to a point now where I no longer think they're weird times because I guess this is going to be with us for many, many years maybe. And the recovery right. of the industry might take years. So I've just gone other, well, this is the new norm, so I need to adapt. But what would you say to somebody looking to pursue a career like you did four or five years ago? Hmm. Um, if it's what you want to do, work your absolute ass off um, and just have that hunger and have that drive throughout. If it wavers, and it may waver, um, have a word with yourself and just check in with yourself from time to time. And if it's, and like ask yourself, is this what I want to be doing? Cause I think I only, I, I think you should only pursue this career in particular in this industry in particular, if you have the passion and drive to do so. Um, and um, yes, some things can fall into place for certain people and some people get it easier than others. Some people get it harder than others, but I think there should be a passion for it because a lack of can be seen from a mile away. Um, and I don't think it's the most attractive quality in this industry, in my opinion, um, someone who doesn't want to be doing what you're doing because there are hundreds and thousands of other people who would kill to be in your position. So I think ultimately, um, just work 110% at every opportunity that you get because it may not be there tomorrow. And this year has shown us that things won't be there tomorrow. And, and I think it's been a very sobering and eye-opening experience with everything that's happened. 